Welcome to Season 4 of the Canon Podcast. My name is Alex. Journey with me as we explore the walking out of our faith and worship in the culture that we live in. Okay, let's do this. I spent my first 40 years with an inkling that there was something more. I didn't find it in money or career or people or even material possessions. I really felt like I'd spent 40 years walking away. No, it was much more like running away as fast as I could. It wasn't until I found the good news of the gospel in my early 40s that I realised that I wasn't seeking truth as much as I was seeking pleasure. Faith, finding me, has changed everything. I've got 40 years of catch-up. Journey with me as we dig deep into culture, faith and worship. Okay, let's go. The Canon Podcast is a work in progress. We're exploring and discerning how to best use this podcast medium to share the good news of Jesus and at the same time have something to say that helps us all to become better disciples. In this season of the canon, we're going to follow along as we walk with Jesus through the eyes of Matthew. Now, you can really help us out by tuning in and getting involved just by liking, sharing and leaving us a comment. Interacting with us in this way makes all all the difference in our ability to reach more people with the good news of the gospel. And of course, it's totally free. So go ahead and help us out. So today's reading comes from uh, Matthew 4. Uh, Jesus is tempted. I'm reading, as I like to do, from the English Standard Version. There are, of course, other versions which are uh, terrific as well. Um, It's worth having a little bit of discernment around um, the version that you read. Some are not translations, but are kind of paraphrases. And I would probably discourage you from reading those sorts of uh, Bibles or um, or versions. I'd be tempted to, in fact, I'd suggest you go to a, um, a version that is uh, faithful to the Scripture as a translation rather than as a paraphrase. Anyway, this is the English Standard Version, um, and I'd just encourage you to read along with me. Matthew chapter 4, The Temptation of Jesus. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered in this way, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. But Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, and he said to him, All these I will give to you. If you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. You know, I find it such an incredibly powerful passage, and it's, it's a challenging one. I've been thinking about the passage all week. Well, this idea of not just of being tempted, but that Jesus himself is being tempted. And he's not being tempted by earthly things, as we are, or seem to be, but he's being tempted by the devil himself. The devil, who's, who we think biblically is that fallen angel, 
the one who has rebelled against God. We know that the Bible talks about the devil as the father of lies. He has no power of creation, only the power to destroy and destroy through deceit. And is temptation part of that? I wonder. And here Jesus is coming face to face with the devil and being tempted himself. And I have to cast further forward, perhaps <laughs> for about 15 or 20 minutes, when I've when I got to ask the question, well, what does this mean for us? If Jesus can be tempted, then what does it mean for our own temptation? How do we look to Jesus when temptation undoubtedly comes to our lives? Now, right at the beginning, I listed some things that you might find tempting. I'm trying to think of some of the things I'm tempted by. I'm certainly tempted by uh, the allure of, of you know, money and 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 uh, objects and you know comforts. Um, tempted to eat too much. Perhaps you're tempted with alcohol or some other recreational drug. Recreational drug. Maybe you're tempted by by lust. Perhaps you're tempted to, to all manner of sin. The Bible lists the sin fairly fairly often, doesn't it? And sin is that thing that separates us from God, that creates that separation because we go against God's will for our lives. And when you think about what we talked about when we when we dis- discussed prayer recently, we talked that it's the prayer is the, the acceptance or the succumbing to the divine will. So what is it that God is trying to teach us through the scripture here? And Jesus goes into this time of temptation. And he comes out of it un- <laughs> he's certainly tempted, but unchanged. Challenged, but not defeated. In fact, the defeat is for the devil himself. So when I cast forward to think, well, what does this say to us? What is Scripture telling us about our own temptations? Is that we can succumb to them, certainly, and allow the seems to be the devil directly to win. Or we can do what Jesus did, to stand upon Scripture and to defeat the devil, to send him packing to say goodbye, Satan. We don't need you. We don't want you. Not today. So this idea of temptation is really interesting, isn't it? And who would have thought that God would bring Jesus directly into confrontation with the devil himself? And it's really clear in that first part, isn't it, that Jesus was led up by the Spirit. Now, that's interesting in itself. I wonder what that means. Is this the Spirit? I suspect he's talking about the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity is actually taking Jesus out into the wilderness, away from civilization, away from comfort, away from uh, people and friends to, to lean on. He's taking himself very much into a position of vulnerability. 40 days and 40 nights in the desert. No food, no water. What a terrible scenario. And at your weakest moment, when you are struggling with hunger and perhaps even to the point of death with thirst, then here comes the devil to tempt us. So when we are at our lowest ebb, here comes the devil to tempt us. The Bible also says that the devil, yes, he's the father of lies. He also prowls like a lion looking for people to devour. And when are we most likely to be devoured is when we are at a moment of weakness. When is temptation most likely to succeed? When we are weakened. So we need to be really mindful 
that when Jesus is led by the Spirit himself into wilderness, it's to show us that even in that in that position of vulnerability, you can still remain strong standing on the Word of God. And this idea of temptation, it's a bit like a test, isn't it? You know, I think back to the book of Job, and it seems that God is having this kind of weird conversation with Satan, with the devil. And he's sort of saying, well, you know, I'm going to, you know, you've got this good bloke, Job, and we're going to find a way to tempt him. And in some ways, it's testing, isn't it? And we're all going through a series of tests throughout life, and temptation is part of that. So God sends the devil, or the devil requests that he goes and tempts Job, or damages Job. And moments of vulnerability, we find ourselves more easily tempted perhaps by the devil himself. Because we've got to think about uh, the book of Ephesians, and we're going to come to this a little while, but Ephesians 6.10, he talks about that we are not uh, being attacked by flesh and blood, but by the powers of evil, of darkness, a spiritual battle that we are fighting. And here Jesus himself, God the Son, uh, in his human form here on earth, in the wilderness, in a position of vulnerability, being tempted. And how does, he, how does he do it? He does it by standing on the Word of God. And it's interesting. Very often when numbers are used in the Bible, numbers are used to signify um, you know, uh, particular, particular things, learning points. And we see this number 40 very often, don't we? In fact, I think I read that there are 146 references throughout the Old and New Testament to the number 40. And what does the number 40 mean? Well, often 40 seems to go along with a period of testing, of trial, um, perhaps even of persecution or learning. So what are some of the other places where this number 40 um, pops up? Certainly, Jesus is tempted and tested in the desert for 40 days. Moses spends 40 years in Egypt and then 40 years in the desert. He spends 40 days on Mount Sinai receiving the, the uh, God's law. Israel as, a, as a, uh, a country, if you like, spends 40 years wandering in the wilderness before they can enter the promised land. King Saul, David and Solomon all ruled for 40 years. Even back in Genesis, the great flood lasted for, you guessed it, 40 days and 40 nights. And I think about my own journey. I spent you know, the first 40 years with my back turned towards God. So this number 40 pops up again and again and again. And here it is, Jesus is spending 40 days and 40 nights in the desert, in the wilderness, long enough that we know that any survival without food and water in that time has to be supernatural, doesn't it? Can you imagine spending that much time in the desert, no food and water, and coming out the other end? Highly unlikely. So we know that God is doing a work here. He's working with Jesus, ministering to him, giving him that strength. And what's really interesting is that the Satan, the deceiver, the father of lies, starts to tempt Jesus by kind of, I guess, putting him to the test and saying, well, you know, if you are the son of God, why don't you do these things? You know, you're in the desert, you've got no food or water, why don't you turn these dead stones into bread? Well, I think that seems like a fair question. In fact, elsewhere, of course, Jesus does exactly that. He, he creates bread uh, to feed the, feed the 5,000. So it's not out of the realm of possibility, but rather than be tested by the devil or uh, to 
accept what the devil is saying. Jesus answers in this way, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And each time the devil tempts Jesus, Jesus answers with Scripture. It just happens that the Scripture he uses is from Deuteronomy. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then in verse 7, as it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And in verse 11, or 10 rather, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. So when Jesus is tempted, he doesn't stand on his own convictions, although being God, he kind of does. But, you know, in terms of what does this mean for us, he stands on Scripture. Now, let me read you another passage quickly. This is one of my favorite passages. This is uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 6 and verse 10. Now, if you've got your Bible, um, you might even consider opening it real quickly. Ephesians 6 verse 10, the whole armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord. Now, this is Paul's, right at the end of Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. He says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, listen really carefully to this part. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The same devil that is tempting Jesus now in the desert. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on in readiness the gospel of peace. And in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. It's really interesting, and I think perhaps this is the lesson for us from this passage, is that Jesus himself, God incarnate, is being tempted by the devil, being tempted by the evil one, the deceiver, the father of lies, that this isn't coming, temptation isn't coming from other men. This is coming from the spiritual realm, the spiritual realm. And yet, what does Jesus do? He stands on Scripture. When he is tempted by the devil, when the devil tries to give him dominion over the world and and to show him the glory of the world that he can give him. Jesus stands on Scripture and says, Do not tempt the Lord your God. Do not test the Lord your God. He stands on Scripture. And I think here in Ephesians 6.10, it's telling us to do the same. So are you ready for the temptation when it comes? Are you ready to stand firm even when you're vulnerable? And I love this imagery. I remember hearing a sermon once where, where uh, uh, the preacher put up uh, an image of a Roman soldier in this case 
with helmet and breastplate and belt and shoes, sword and shield, all the elements that that Paul is talking about here. Remember, he's a, he's a Roman citizen as well as a Jew. So he knows what a Roman soldier looks like. And the point that this particular preacher was making is that when you are going into battle, and very clearly he's saying here, you know, that we are going into a spiritual battle. We are facing a spiritual battle. Temptation is a big part of that. He says, be ready. Have your shoes on. Now, can you imagine being in wartime and taking your shoes off? I suspect that's a bad idea. I suspect you need to be ready to go. You need to have everything at hand so that at a moment's notice you can jump up. So when you are at your most vulnerable, when you are at rest, when you are asleep, when you are hungry, when you are thirsty, when you are over overburdened, when you are most vulnerable, vulnerable, that's when you need to be at the most ready, ready to put on the whole armor of God, not just the shoes, because that doesn't help you when, when the flaming arrows come. You need the shield. You need the sword of Scripture. So what Jesus is doing whenever he's being tempted by the devil uh, in, in Matthew 4 is he stands upon Scripture. He stands upon God's word. And in this passage, God's word is the sword. Okay, the sword of God's word. So when you put on the whole armor of God, no matter how vulnerable you may feel, no matter how weakened you may be by the fight, you can continue to stand on God's word and God will be faithful to you just as he was with Jesus in the wilderness for those 40 days and 40 nights of temptation. When finally the, the devil was banished, God, through his angels, ministered to Jesus. And Jesus is not succumbed to temptation of the devil. But the devil is defeated. Defeated by Jesus, God incarnate, the one who comes to us so that we can come back into relationship with him. It's a mighty story. And I just encourage you to read both Matthew 4 and go and read uh, Ephesians 6.10, and to put on the full armor of God. It may sound like a metaphor. It may sound like pie in the sky, but this spiritual battle is something that you are waging, that you are going to wage. And I know from my own experience, when I became a Christian, uh, it was like putting, and a very early mentor <laughs> said this to me. I said, I feel like I'm coming under such spiritual attack. Is this what's happening? And this mentor said, he said, Alex, you know what? When you were an atheist, the devil had very little interest in you because you were not a threat. You were not a threat. You were rejecting God. You were walking away from Jesus. You were hiding in the darkness. It's exactly where the devil wanted you. But when you came into the light, when you started to shine a light in the darkness of your own life, that's when the devil became really interested. It's like having a target on your back. And this is why as Christians, as new Christians, as mature Christians, as people starting to turn towards God, we need to be ready for this spiritual battle. We need to make sure we've got our shoes on. We've got that breastplate of righteousness. We've got the shield of faith. We have the sword of God's word and do as Jesus did. Stand on God's word, on Scripture, 
as your strength, as your bedrock. And we've got, uh, we've got one better. We've got Jesus as our cornerstone, as that bedrock that we can stand on. Jesus says in Revelation, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and I am the end. What great comfort that is to us when we are tempted. We can remain strong knowing that God is with us. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Canon Podcast. We look forward to speaking with you again next time. Until then, God bless you and bye for now.